Ready? I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready too. This is really warming my stomach, and this song is actually kind of making me feel I know, good. It's really good. I think I'm almost there. Maybe I'm you know, not ready yet. You know Should what? Just I, wait I was going to say. Spirit moves I us? might actually just need like something a little more. I'm about to discuss some world war shit. I might need like a little bit of like a. I don't know. Something. Like a banger. Yeah. You need like a I, need, banger. I need to bang a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I need to. I just need to feel it. You know. Give me a tune. What do you need? What I do don't you know. Want? Just something. What with screams some... world domination to you? I don't know. Something. Something from. Maybe this. Dang. Mm. Uh. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Doubt came in my mind. As I'm sure it's coming to yours Even one to ponder about Whether it's right or not These last two or many days Hello everybody. What's Welcome up guys? to the show. Welcome to the Game Board Social Club. Mm-mm, mm-mm, where we... Mm-mm. No, it's not. Board game. God. Social Club. No, we're, gonna, we're not going to include that. Oh, are you kidding me? No. Yes, we are. Robbie, don't you dare cut it. You <laughs> fucked it up again. Well, all right. I'm going to welcome you again anyway, even though I'm going to keep that potentially. That's welcome so to funny. the board even... game social club. I didn't catch it that time. I know. It was hilarious. <sighs> I'm bad at this. God. Pause. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Don't pause. <laughs> so welcome to the board game social club where we talk about all things board games and socializing. Sure. Um. I want to introduce you to my co-host over there. His name is AJ, and he's got the coldest garage. It is It is quite chilly today. It was supposed to be nice, and then it just wasn't. Yeah. Fucking weather, guys, you know? It, they get paid too much. Whatever. I don't know how much they make. But. I mean, it's, it is, uh, what is today? Today is March, Ooh, March 15th. 15th. Yeah. yeah. It's not supposed to be warm. They can't blame me. Ah, but don't tell me it's going to be. And then. Did they say that? Yeah, 60. Supposed to be 60. I mean, as long as it hits 60 60. at one point. It did not, I promise. Did you look at Denver or Longmont? What kind of. I'm not. I don't know. Just trying to find find out why you (laughs) were wrong. It was user error. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, Trying to find a way I was wrong. Yeah. But I wasn't. I was just expecting it to be a little nicer. But that's all right. I got a hoodie on. Yeah, it's not bad. My hands are just. My hands are just a little bit cold to the touch yeah thank you i like your hoodie too thanks did you get that back in college yeah i remember you getting that actually yeah we lived in a house together when i bought this josh mm-hmm. didn't like it because it looked just like his snowboarding jacket and he wanted it <laughs> uh so he, he did like it he, was he liked it he didn't like that i bought it i see he thought you were copying he him. would have rather i didn't buy it and then came home and told him what store i saw it in and then <laughs> told him to go buy it <laughs> that's okay though that makes sense josh has tons of cool stuff Josh is a cool guy. I can have this one. Are you going to introduce me? Or? Sorry. God, I, yeah. For, yeah, for sure. I was just waiting until I feel it. Makes sense. I got yeah, you. Sorry. Um, thanks, Rob. Nice to be here. This is my friend, Robbie Trumbull, across from me, my partner in crime. What game were you talking about today? Risk. Oh. This is a good one. This is one we've been playing for decades. That sounds I bet the so... first time I played this game was... That sounds too long, but I don't know if it is. It's definitely not too long for me because oh. I definitely played this game before we played it. Oh. 
I bet the first once. time I played this game, I was 16. 16. Don't you think? I think we played like once or twice like while we were in high school. That's like a sophomore in high school? No, nah, not for me. I was 16 in the beginning of my junior year. Oh, yeah, because you I turned child. 17. I was a child in high school, yeah. I, in high school, that's what I meant. Yeah. So, yeah, I bet, so, yeah, 16, 17, and I'm 30-something, 5, 4. I think you're 34. 4. Yeah, so 18 years, right? No. Let's say 17. Yeah, it could be 17. 17 to 17, that's 34. That's half. Does 17 allow you to say decades? No. No. Probably not. I agree. I don't think it is. It's I more think I than was... one. It's Man. not more than one. It is. You're in your second. What is it? Okay, let me ask you a question. Is 1.6 <laughs> more than one in the math world? Well, yes. In any that's world. That's like a whole different context. Uh, maybe, but that's what <laughs> I was thinking of. So hence why I said. Okay. I mean, it's not like I said decades. I see what you're saying. And I then I was like yeah. fully like, yeah, decades. And it's like, I'm right and you're wrong. I was like, yeah, it's probably not. But No, I got you. More than, it is more than one decade. Even I, if it's 1.01, that's technically more than one, which makes it plural. Ooh, I don't even think that's true. What does plural mean? Because people think plural means more than one, but I think plural means at least two. I mean, it, the whole the whole issue comes in when you have decimals, you know? Like, right. you got to go with which, integers. Which is not, I mean, I mean, you can count like months as decimals, but it's not really. Right. Technically, it's been 16, 17 years. Since I've been playing, <laughs> yeah, let's just go with that. We'll so go with it's that. been 17 you years. You don't have That's to say decades. Time. More yeah, than decades. a decade. I've been playing. I think the first time I played, we were at uh, the Osbournes' house. Dang. Across the street from my grandparents. But I can't, for the life of me, imagine that we actually played the game. We probably had pieces on the board and we like shuffled them around because we were children. Right. No yeah. way we played this game. No, though. this you is know? a whole. This is a whole thing. But that was the first time I had like heard of Risk, mm-hmm. and it was it was a game that our my parents had played. Yeah, it's kind of weird to think about because we played we've played this game a lot of times together, and it's kind of weird to think about like the first one and why we would have picked it up. Like, whose idea was it to play Risk that first time? It's kind of one of those games, you know, that like I feel like you're in the majority where it's like your parents played because it's kind of an older game. Yeah, it was just in the house, you know, maybe you played it, but just a bunch of high school kids slash early college kids getting together and playing a game of Risk. It's kind of weird. Or it seems like it's weird. Maybe it's not. That's true. I don't know. But we did. We did. And Someone we suggested it, and then we played it a ton of times all and then night long. we didn't get the rules right, and the changes we made created long games. Like, really long games. I definitely... We played a game at my ex-girlfriend's house that was like 12 hours. I think, or t- like 10 and a half, 11 hours, like right in there. Yeah. It's insanity. I remember. But that was all, that was quite a bit because it was a mistake in the <laughs> rules. So I wonder, yeah, I'd like to go back to play all those games and, and play the rules correctly and see if that actually changes some things. Right. See what that does. I remember a very specific game in Jesse's basement. Yeah, me too. Um, where I played, we, we started the night before. I got off of work. It was in the summertime. I was working at the lumberyard. And I we got off I got off of work and I came over and we had dinner or whatever. Eventually we started. Who knows? We might have started like already kind of late because we were kids. Um, but I remember leaving his house the next morning to, and driving to work. Ooh, 
I don't remember that night well enough to know like when I left and like where I went. Back in those days, I definitely worked the morning shift at McDonald's though, and there was so many nights that I just like stayed up. Just it was like already four thirty-five, and I had to be at work in an hour, and I was just like, I'm going to work. Yeah, it sucks so hard. <laughs> it does suck. So dumb. I mean, you do crazy stuff when you're a kid. Yep. Yeah. So risk. Let's get. Let's dive into let's it. Let's do risk. We? Let's do risk. I need some. I need some music. I need some world domination music. The world is at war. Before you is a political map of Earth. You control the armed forces for one of potentially six nations vying for complete and global domination. Begin by choosing and fortifying your initial strongholds around the globe. Be very careful here. Two spread out and you'll be vulnerable to early attacks. Two consolidated and you'll be off to a slow start in the race to victory. Capture entire continents if you can, for therein lies your best chance for military reinforcement. One more word of caution here. The continents that are the most powerful are also the most difficult to conquer and to hold. Keep your wits about you. Success will require an aggressive and ruthless attack strategy, yet don't underestimate the importance of diplomacy when the need arises. In the end, there can be only one victor. Good luck and Godspeed. All right, guys. This game of risk is a game of world domination which means that the object of this game is to conquer the world. You have to be the last man standing and ha- own every territory on the board. Just as a side note, we won't get into it in this episode, but there is a way to play this game using mission cards where all you do is fulfill your individual mission and you can win that way. But for our episode, we're not going to get into that. So I'm going to describe the game board so that you can get kind of a little visual of what the game board looks like. Uh, The game board is a map of the Earth broken up into six color-coded continents consisting of various numbers of territories. Not necessarily countries, though. Some of them are countries, but not all of them are countries. Some of them are are something like... uh, Western United States. There you go. Western United States instead of any any, uh, Any, state. Any state. Or just the whole Or just the United States. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, The entire map contains a total of 42 territories split up into those continents. The legend of the map in the bottom left-hand corner contains information that will be helpful later in the game. Uh, Along the bottom of the game, uh, there are numbers that start at 4 and go all the way up to 55. Uh, And these are going to be important later in the game as well. Nice. So the game pieces of Risk are six identical sets of pieces, all different colors. Each set contains soldiers, horses, and cannons. The soldiers representing one army, horses representing five armies, and cannons representing ten armies. There's also a deck of cards to go with this game. There is one card for each territory, as well as two wild cards. Along with the country, each card has a picture of either a soldier, a horse, or a cannon. And in the case of the wild card, it has pictures of all three. And then there are five dice to go with this game. There are three red dice and two white dice, all standard six-sided dice. When it comes to layout, this game is super simple. The deck of cards is placed next to the board, and each player has their own space to set up as they would like. That's pretty much it. We're going to dive into some of the the more important mechanics of the game. Keep in mind here that when we're talking about mechanics of the game, we're going to skip anything that has to do with rules. So Yeah, something that would be simple that you could just look up on the rule book. We don't right. need to get into the nitty-gritty stuff. Yeah, so this is no way is meant to replace the rule book, uh, but it's meant to give you just kind of an idea of how the game actually plays out. 
uh, or actually plays. And through this part, uh, including the aforementioned game pieces and all that stuff, uh, check out our Instagram at uh, Board Game Social Club uh, if you want to get a little bit of an idea of what we're talking about. We got some pictures up there of the board, the pieces, just all the stuff we're talking about here because board games are definitely a visual thing. It's super hard to, yeah, to visual imagine. Visual aids are helpful. Yeah, if you have not played this, you might not have any idea what we're talking about. We're trying to do our best, but we'll see. Um, so the mechanics of the of the game, we're going to jump into sort of the turn overview. And the very first thing you have to do before anybody can take a turn is set up the board. Uh, and to set up the map, you're going to take turns claiming territories for your own and then distributing troops throughout the map until a predetermined number of armies have been deployed. And then every territory will be occupied. All right, sweet. Well, after you have the map set up and everything is full, you're going to take your initial turn. And to do this, you're going to start by deploying armies. Now, everyone's going to get at least three armies at the beginning of every turn. And this number can go up depending on how many territories you occupy or if you actually occupy entire continents and can hold those. Um, you may also trade in cards at the beginning of your turn to gain additional armies to deploy. Once you have deployed your armies to start your turn, you're going to move into kind of the later part of your turn, which is really what makes risk risk, and it's the attack phase. So that's the next thing you're going to do. Um, you're going to attack territories that are adjacent to territories you occupy. We'll dive into the mechanics uh, and get a little deeper on that in just a second. But that's kind of the main bulk part of your turn is attacking territories next to the ones you own. Uh, from there, you're going to go into your reinforcement phase. And you're going to end your turn by doing this, uh, redistributing armies from one territory of your choice to uh, any adjacent territory you occupy. Uh, you have to own both of those territories. Finally, uh, this is an easy place to forget to do something, but at the end of your turn, if you have conquered at least one new territory, that means completely taking it over, not just defeating some armies, but completely taking over a, a territory, uh, you get to take a card from that stack of cards that AJ mentioned being next to the, to the game board. Perfect. So that's really it. <clears throat> that's the, the long and short of how to play the game. That's how the turns work. Um, now let's get into a little bit of the specific mechanics of gameplay here. So this, this game has a pretty specific way that attacking works. So we mentioned that there are five dice, three red, two white. The three red dice go to the attacker and the two white dice go to the defender. So when you go to attack a territory, you are gonna roll your three dice versus the defender's two dice. And the way this is gonna go is you're gonna compare the highest die for each side, and then the next highest, and then so on and so forth, determining the winner along the way by looking at whose dice roll is higher. In the case of a tie, victory always goes to the defense, and the loser of each comparison loses one army in that battle. So for example, if the attacker rolls a five, a three, and a two, and the defender rolls a three and a two, the attacker is going to win both because a five beats a three and a three beats a two. So the two highest numbers go against each other. The second highest numbers go against each other. Um, and so in this case, the attacker would win twice. Therefore, the defender loses two armies. Nice. The other little bit of mechanics that I want to talk about is the, the way you deal with cards. So 
you're going to be gathering cards throughout the game uh, by taking over territories. There's a limit to how many cards you can hold. You can check the rule book for that. Um, but at various times at the beginning of your turn, during your deployment phase, uh, it's possible to turn in three cards to, to gain additional armies to deploy. Uh, in order to turn in your cards, you must have a set or a run of three. The number of armies you receive is depicted at the bottom of the board. So that's those numbers from four to 55. And the number that you get changes each time a player turns in cards. So if the, if this, if the indicator, uh, we generally used a, a cannon or something like that from one of the colors we weren't using. Correct. Um, I think the game tells you to use a mission card to slide it under the board. Mm hmm so whatever you use, you're going to indicate where your number is. So if, if I turn in cards to earn four additional armies uh, and then AJ turns in cards, he's going to get that next number over. So it kind of changes as the game as the game goes on. Uh, and that's the mechanics of the cards. All right. Just really quick before we move on. Um, you mentioned that it is possible to turn in three cards if you want to. And that is true. But if you have five or six cards at the beginning of your turn you actually have to turn in so something to keep in mind you can't just hoard cards five or six cards you have to turn in so just a small tidbit there and then just to wrap this thing up um method for determining a winner in this game is last man standing that's it you have to literally own or occupy every territory in the game and have no opponent left on the board so there she is Nice. Risk, baby. All right, AJ, I got a question for you. Um, what would you say in all of your games of Risk that you've played, what's your favorite aspect of this game? Oh, man. Favorite part about Risk. That's a tough um, question. There's a lot of favorite parts. So I'm going to borrow an answer from last time, at least a small part. So I, I really love strategy type games, and this one's a great strategy game. Um and in fact, it's like all strategy because it, there's nothing to this game. Like it's all just rolling dice to attack. You can't do anything else. There's no special ability. There's no anything else. It's literally just rolling dice to attack countries. And you just have to find a balance between overexerting yourself and just not really, you know, just being too conservative. So I love the, the battle between aggressive and conservative and how far to stretch yourself. And then the other thing I love that's not actually in the rule book, but if you look up like the risk wiki page, they talk about alliances and I really like the ability to just have unspoken alliances between people. It's yeah. like, it reminds me a lot of Catan with the trading system uh -huh. um, where you can just like, you know, like you're not really fighting with other players. I mean, you're against everybody, but if you happen to be, adjacent to a territory of an opponent and you just don't have any beef with them at the current moment you can just choose not to attack and maybe have kind of an under the table handshake situation going on so <laughs> that's that's probably is that not probably yeah, not. i think that's a common it's a weird visual. common phrase no it's not i don't think i think i combined two the old under the table handshake that sounds like you're trying to like get wedding crashers at the dinner table <laughs> No, no, I mean, yeah, did not mean, didn't mean it like that. <clears throat> you know, kind of like an under the table agreement <laughs> or separate thought, like a handshake deal. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I got, I know, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I totally get um, you. <laughs> 
Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't. So I really liked that part of it. Um, but yeah, I kind of like, I kind of like the. Oh, okay, I'm back. Just like simplicity of the game that allows the strategy to really take the spotlight. Yeah, that's yeah. what I really like. What about you? Since I took all the good ones, what can you come yeah. up with? The way the dice work as mm. part of the game, I think, is really cool. It is cool. It's very unique. Yeah, I could see I could see that being like a least favorite part of the game also at the same time. Just because it doesn't matter how good you are at the game. You can have a thousand armies in a territory and you're trying to to take over a territory next to you that has five armies and you got this situation where if the dice don't go your way, yeah. you could lose all your armies. You yeah, know? we've seen and it. If it it has to be pretty close, you know, so so probability kind of just works out in the end if you have a lot of armies. But if it's anywhere close, there's no guarantee that you're going to take over the, the army next to you. Even if you have double the armies they have. Right. You know, there's no guarantee. You'd, so. th- you'd think it would work out, but we've seen it time and again where you, you know, you have 20 armies and they have nine and you're yeah. like, you know, that sucks, but I'm like, I'm going to get through it, you know? Right. And then you just don't. They, right. you, you're dead and they have six left and you're like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, exactly. You know? And then you just limp away. Exactly. So that's a really cool part of the game, I think, because it just it's never over. Sure. So yeah, I I would definitely echo a lot of what you're saying though. I like I love the strategy involved in the game. It's the most thinking you could do in a game. Probably yeah. Probably any game I've ever played. Yeah. There are some games that you do a lot of thinking, but it's just so there are so many things to think about. And so it, it requires you to think a lot. Definitely. With risk, that like you said, it's simple. It's got there's there's not a lot going on. It's just take over territories, right? Reinforce your borders, all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Really basic principles, but but then some things can arise. You know, like you don't, you know that you don't want to to spread yourself too thin. But you know, one of the game mechanics we didn't talk about is if you are the one responsible for wiping a player out, you gain their risk cards. So, you know, maybe somebody's like limping along and only has like you know 15 or 20 armies left on the board and maybe you feel like it would really spread you pretty thin if you went after them to wipe them out to get their cards so super risky but at the same time you know (laughs) you know (laughs) you did nice i did it (laughs) i was trying to do it earlier um but you know like definitely like a calculated risk you know if they have four or five cards you know something that might be worth it there so you know situations arise and you know, you can really, really let your strategy like come to life and right. You know, in such a simple game, it really shows up. You know, right. I mean, that's actually a really interesting part. You can see why they, ironically, you know, like you can see why they did name it risk. Sure. Because every decision you make is like that. You're like, do I put myself out there? Do I try to earn a card by taking over this territory? But then if I take over that territory, does that open me up to too many borders to have to defend? Exactly. Just questions like that all over the place, you know? So, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to go with that. I think we, we've hit the three highlights yeah, big that ones. I would say yeah, that actually favorite parts of the game. That actually leads me into a question I had. I feel like the, with all the players we've played with, there always tends to be somebody who's overly aggressive and somebody who's really conservative. You know, there's always that guy who just wants to, like, put his tail between his legs and go to Australia because Australia (laughs) has one point of entry and you can just sit there and build armies and like, you're not attacking necessarily, but you can just slowly build. Yeah. And then there's that guy who just goes for Europe right away, you know? And he's like, I know it's risky, but like I'm going to gain five extra armies every time. (laughs) Right. So I know that with the caveat that 
as the game progresses, you're going to have to sort of get more conservative or get more aggressive. But what style of player would you say you are or what style of player would you say like wins the most games that you've seen? Ooh, man, that's that's a good question because I have a person who I think is each of those things that I can name. Um, but me too. At least one. At least one of those things. <laughs> I have a person I'm thinking of for aggressive. Me too. It's yeah. probably the same person. Probably. Right? I Based on think of one a scenario. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I know what scenario you're talking about, yeah. but is that that person? Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of a I can't think of a person who I think is just always overly conservative though. I can't either necessarily. I do I it think, uh, I do it sometimes. I think everybody leans conservative because we're pretty competitive. I and have, it's like super risky to get to go to put yourself out there, you know. Oh sure. But it can be see, there's another like facet to the question is in the game of risk, there's like you, you can be like a team player, you know, like if somebody is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and the five other people are pretty equal hurting yourself a little bit but to chip away at the big guy is going to be good for the whole game because if you let that go on too long like that guy's just going to win yeah but at the same time you have to trust that the other people are going to sort of play ball you know and like not just like swoop in and like beat you so well that's a hard part of of the alliances is that at some point you know at some point they you have to break them and you have to you have to say all right alliance is over now we have to fight and exactly. you want to be equal to that person when the time comes yeah to do that otherwise you're going to lose you yeah. know so i think to answer your question i probably lean conservative and i like to ride it out a little bit more mm-hmm. um so that plays into a lot of my strategy you know because i i want to get a continent right away one that i can control um, so Australia is obviously really nice because you get the two extra armies every single time, which is what that little legend in the bottom of the of the board tells you. But sure, I can Australia, read that really quick. Just yeah, what? It, yeah. So, so Australia has one point of entry, and you get how many armies? Yeah. So if you if you own entire continents, you're going to gain a bonus number of armies. So we'll just start at the at the bottom. Yeah. If Australia. you if you own all of Australia, it's the easiest one to own because there's only one attacking point of entry but you you get two extra armies for that that's the lowest that's the lowest one on the board tied tied for the lowest actually um tied for the lowest yeah because south america is oh, two south also america, which is yeah. kind of stupid because south america has two points of entry yeah so you have to protect, have to two, protect borders, two borders um and you still only get two yeah the cool plus thing you about just south have more america, guys in though, the countries south america is a cool one because if you can own two continents and you can pair south america with the United States. Sorry, that was dumb. North America, not the United States. <laughs> Common United States American is in misconception. There. Yeah, exactly. Sorry about that. Um, if you can pair South America with North America, you can you can pair the entire collection of those two continents with only three borders. You can do the same thing with Africa. If you pair South America with Africa, you can do both continents collectively for only three borders, and South America by itself is two. So it's that's, kind of a cool... That's not entirely true. Isn't it? No, Africa has... Africa only has two, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. Those two? No, that's true. Yeah, they so have multiple fortified... countries that access those points, which is a little bit different than... Right, but for the you other fortifying ones, yeah. on borders, you'd have to do Egypt... Yeah, you North just have America to place armies in Venezuela. those three places. Yeah. yeah. So South so America is kind of cool. So anyway, that takes care of Australia, South America. Um, really quick, <laughs> Africa, just because that gives you three extra armies. Um, Africa is a little bigger. 
there's th- there's six territories to get, but there's only two points of entry there. Um, and it gains you three extra armies. And then from there, you got Europe and Europe. North America are tied as far as how many armies they give you. Which is a little bit of that's a little that's a little shitty. It is kind of because but Europe is impossible to maintain. It is. There's four, if I'm not mistaken, four points of entry. But how many countries do you have to spread out in? It's like four, five, six, seven. In North seven America? Countries. No, in Europe. I yeah. It's seven countries. So it just takes more of your army to sort of even do six, it in the first place. Seven. One, two, three, four. Yeah, seven. But seven. North America also three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine. Nine. So yeah, that, that's kind of a lopsided a little bit. Um, yeah. It's, it, they're not North that America different. Is like North way America is to control. Yeah, for sure. Because there's only three borders and yeah. you get five, you know, you get five extra guys. And then the big guy is um asia and it has technically five points of entry but a little bit of a loophole there is that if you just have one guy in the ukraine which is technically europe then it goes down to four points of entry but a ton of countries i mean it's got to be 11 or 12 countries or something um and that gives you seven extra guys at the beginning of every turn are you talking about ural Nope, I was talking about Ukraine. Oh, in the Europe. So if you can go Middle East and Ukraine, that sort of blocks everything on this side. Oh, I see what you're saying. And that turns it into like four points, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. So something that, you know, to keep in mind, um, we referenced that key earlier. Yeah. Um, And that's just what it does, so. Yeah, so going back to being conservative, uh, you know, my strategy is to get one of those countries. Preferably, I mean, if you can get Australia, it's just a, it's just a factory for armies. But chances are, if you don't do that, also at the same time as another one, you're going to sit in Australia for the entire game, and it's going to be boring, and somebody's going to eventually just come and kill you. Exactly. What I've noticed is like the guy who goes to Australia rarely wins. He gets second or third place. Yeah. All the time. You yeah, know, exactly. like it's good enough to last. You're not going to be first one out. Um, if you sat there and consolidated the whole time, you're going to have like a hundred armies at the end, but the guy who's coming for you is going to have like 500. Oh you yeah. Know? So easy. And they're going to just take you out and then they're going to take your cards. You're just going to be there. Exactly. Cannon fodder. One of my favorite things, if I do do Australia is I like to have a random country somewhere else. And my favorite is like Northern Asia or, or in the United States, if I can just like literally a single other territory where I try to like just stockpile like a huge amount of armies. And the reason I do that is because it means that if anyone ever wanted to come down and wipe me out of Australia, I wouldn't be dead. And I would have like a good little chunk to just sort of like try to rebuild with. But it also, if you have Australia only and all your other pieces get wiped from the board, you're going to have a really hard time attacking to try to get cards. And if I have Australia and then I also have, say like Urkooks with like 30 armies on there, then I can just sort of go all over Asia, like for the whole game, just like attacking to get cards right. only. Um, so I love, I love doing that. If I'm going to go ultra conservative and go for Australia, I like to have that one other country with like a stronghold on it, just right. in case. So, yeah, you, if you sit in Indonesia, which is the northernmost country in Australia, then you're you're screwed. Oh yeah, if that's your you only <laughs> thing, then you're yeah. just never going to get you, cards. You just got to get out to Siam, which is the next country over. Yeah. You know, that should be the border you try to maintain. Sure. But even then, you just like if, as soon as you attack those two countries, if nobody goes and gets them from you, then what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. It's tough. Well, and I think this is a really great time. Well, first of all, answer what what's your answer? Are you conservative or are you I would more say aggressive? I would say that I'm more conservative overall. 
I really like I, I really do enjoy trying to go for South America and then slowly trying to get into either South or either Africa or North America. Um but I'll take Australia if it's available. And then like I said, I try to have like a slightly more aggressive, you know, country that's separate from that to like attack with. Yeah. But um overall, yeah, I'm definitely not the guy who's going for Europe. And I'm also not the guy who's like an ultra team player who's just like attacking the big guy all the time to try to just like keep us all even. So so that's your conservative part. I would say, yeah. I mean, both of those are pretty conservative, right. I guess. Yeah. Um, all right. I got a question for you. Since knowing you're a little conservative, on the you're leaning in the in the conservative direction, what's your favorite continent to occupy? If you can control, well, that's not a great way to ask. Anybody would occupy Europe or Asia if you could, but sure. What's your like go to? Let's like do both. I'm, Let's do a two-parter. Let's do what's your favorite and what's your least favorite. If you get to choose a country to or a continent to occupy or control, you're talking about like to start the game, like not necessarily to start, go, but just overall. Yeah, like if you had your choice, like I'm gonna, this is gonna be my like stronghold. This is gonna be my home base. Which continent is your favorite to go for, gotcha. and why? You know, I'm gonna go with my favorite one is Asia. I understand. <laughs> I understand. Come on, you've that. never even occupied Asia. Yes, I have. I understand how that <laughs> sounds. But Pretty what cool. I really like to do is start in Australia. <clears throat> and then, like I was saying before, if you can get that one country in Europe to make Asia like a four, a four-piecer. And it takes a while. This is like definitely late game for sure. Wait, get the, get what? If you have so, the sorry. one, if you have the Ukraine, then you turn okay. Asia into a four, even a three actually. If you can start in Australia, right? Okay, so you, so you, so you occupy Australia. That. Okay. So then if you can move up into Asia, okay. you can just end up occupying the Middle East. And then if you can occupy the Ukraine, and then you can occupy, what's that one? Kamchatka? Yeah. So if you can get those three, then you can literally occupy Asia and Australia together with three points of contact. And that's... Super late game, obviously. But if yeah. you can like figure out how to do that, then it's a huge... I mean, you're getting nine extra guys now. So, if especially if I ever... Um, you know, if I play a game where I end up going for Australia, then like I said, I like to have that one other, that one other territory where I just like sort of stockpile a lot of guys there. Um, and then eventually, if I can figure out how to just like jump around with that, get a few territories, and then I try to make like one push at some point, like mid to late game, where like if I only need to do like half of Asia at that point, um, and I'll bring my guys from Australia up to help out, then you can try to literally hold Asia and Australia together with only three points of contact. Okay. Super ballsy, but I think that's, I try, I try to do it quite a bit, actually. I gotcha. I think that I think that kind of answers a different question. I'm like so you're in that scenario, Australia is really like your stronghold, right? It's like my starting continent. That's like the that's like I'm gonna go from there. I'm gonna occupy that one, then I'm gonna move out. Yeah, that's true. So I guess I guess I didn't want to answer like, oh my favorite's Australia, you know, because that <laughs> because most people who do that are just you know, like we said, second placers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like when I do Australia, it's like I hopefully a stepping stone to trying to like gain Asia. That's like the goal, you know. 
So but that's good. I mean, that's that's yeah, that's what I'm getting at. So yeah, you would say Australia is like I your guess I would say Australia yeah. as yeah. your jumping off point, and for those other reasons. Yeah, but I guess that's everyone. I mean, no one. I mean, it's I, world I, domination. I don't think so. I, I obviously like Australia is going to be somebody you have to deal with if it's not you. Mm-hmm. So that is something to consider. Yeah, but that's definitely not my go-to right. continent. You know, that's not the one I like to go from. Mm-hmm. I would choose either Africa or North America. Okay. I know you chose. I know you said Af- or North America for me, but I would choose Africa for the same reason, like uh, as North America. You just have so many access points. So you got access points for cards later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in North America, you have this whole Asian continent, which if you can just move over to Kamchatka as opposed to Alaska. Sure. And just it gives control. You four, yeah. Yeah. Then you have four countries around Kamchatka that you have access to from that one point. Exactly. To try to gain a card from, which is really important mm-hmm. to, to like go the distance in this game. Um so that's important. Africa is kind of the same for me, but probably second best just for the same exact reason. Like if you control North Africa, you have access to three different countries from mm-hmm. there, you know, right. or Egypt has two different countries from there. Or maybe you just get out into the Middle East and you you don't control Egypt, but you control the Middle East, uh, which you, you'd have to control Egypt. But it, let's just say you add on the Middle East as one of your borders, then you have access to those other one, two, three, four countries sure. from the Middle East. So I'm I'm gonna say North America and Africa are are more important. Okay. That makes sense. My least favorite, I think, is Europe. Because I think that it's actually harder in my experience, it feels harder to control and keep control of than Asia is. Um, obviously Asia has like more territories and it, like I said, we're talking about like late gameplay here. No one's going to go for Asia, like in the first like five turns, <laughs> but I feel like even late game Europe feels harder to control be, because of what you said, because of the contact points. Um, it's still a lot of countries. It's got more contact points and it's only five guys instead of seven extra so to me asia feels like a total waste I, or i'm sorry europe europe feels like a total yeah, like I, I never go for europe and i try for asia all the time so all right. the time meaning i haven't played this game in like a little <laughs> while so it's not like all the time 100 percent of the time 100 yeah exactly yeah. um so yeah but i'm with you though i really like like i mentioned earlier like i love the pairing up of africa and south america or north america south america so i'm with you i really like africa yeah um that's one of my go-tos it's actually nice see the way i like what you're doing because with the method i talked about with going australia first you're taking care of your like little guy first Mm -hmm. and it's like much easier usually you're if you're going for australia you're controlling that within the first turn or two turns and then you're taking on your the giant of asia later um with you and your north america plan you're going for north america quick and now maybe it may take you like more turns to actually like conquer that but if you can get that done, then it feels like moving down into South America. Like you're not even adding a border then, you know, like right. you're just moving your border from Central America over to Brazil. Exactly. And it means that if you can get yours done earlier and have it pretty strong, then taking South America becomes easier to do late game. Right. And that's seven extra guys. If you can, if you can get both of those. Right. So 
you know, it's not, you're not even that far off of my Australia, Asia plan with nine guys. And it's, it's still three, you know, three points of entry for both plans, but it just feels your way feels like doable, you know, like taking North America early on is what is hard, you know, like not a lot of people allow you to do that. Well, that's true. Most people are like vying for that at the beginning you know, when you're placing your armies at first, you mm-hmm. notice like who's going to go where. Right. And you got like one, well, there's only four countries in Australia. So right. if you're playing with six people, six people is the max, right? Yeah. Two to six. Yeah. So if you're playing with six people, only four of them can possibly start going for Australia, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to literally everybody can go for North America. Exactly. And only four people can go for South America. And so, not only that, but like if, if the person who's going for South America gains all of south america before you gain all of north america and they move their border from venezuela up to central america and put their stronghold there you're so screwed yeah like you're gonna have to literally either treaty with them to get them to back off to give you for free five extra armies every turn good luck (laughs) there or you're gonna have to actually battle them early which is gonna just kill both of you yep so and it's you really that Australia tough person that has a chance then. Yeah. And that's exactly the same of everybody, you know, like at least your other two points of contact, Alaska and Greenland, the continent they're up against is Europe and Asia, which nobody tries for that. So really like your biggest sticking point, I feel like how many games have we played where this is like Central America to Venezuela is the biggest sticking point. Like there's that's always the treaty. armies there and there's treaties all the time. Yep. Yeah. You either have a stronghold on both sides. Yeah. Right there. So, and you have to maintain it or sure. you have a treaty there. Right. And you just take all your armies out of there completely yeah. until the end of the game. Exactly. I think my least favorite. I So I wish I could go back and ask you this question again and, and remove Europe and Asia from my question. Because I think the four main continents that people go for are Australia North America, South America, and Africa. You so you're I mean? saying if I could answer it again, but don't think about like secondary continent. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, I mean, you can think about that as far as you, I'm. That's why I, I concluded that Australia was your place, right? And you that's know, in true. That strategy, Asia and Europe end up being the continents that you sort of jockey for cards and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it, like yeah, it is not until super late, like you said, and North you America those, too early, but, but not yeah. right. North America sort of emerges as the well, like Australia and South America, I think, are the first two to emerge as yes. as someone's position. Yeah, I agree. And followed by Africa, followed by North America. I mean, in in that way, I mean, I still think I would pick Australia, just with the caveat that not for the same reason most people would. Yeah. Um, but I really like Africa too. I think I would say Africa is my second favorite. I like North America too but i i just think it's, it's just so harder. hard early and i think that how many turns did it take you before you had it right that i've had australia for six turns i've right, been getting armies i've been getting bigger. two extra guys every turn yeah you have five extra guys now but how long did that take you so right that's kind of my thing i mean obviously you have that's the balance you know you have to weigh like north america's awesome gives you five extra guys it's also hard to get you know so right it's kind of what it comes down to yeah, um, I would say my least favorite is definitely Australia. And well, no, sorry, my least. If I had to say one, that's my least. I'm gonna go with South America. It's okay. my least favorite. Why? Because I think if you if you own South America and you just have to control those borders, like whoever owns North America is controlling the southern border of North America. 
you know, so you have that that spot there. And then whoever owns Africa is controlling North Africa and they're protecting against you. And so it's literally impossible to expand without taking on a superpower. I see what you're saying. You know? Whereas North America has the ability to expand into Europe and Asia easily, and Africa has the ability to expand into Europe and Asia yeah. easily. South America is bordered by two continents that are relatively easy to get. Right. Unless you can get South America very early, and you can move up and capture Central America exactly. early. And, or North and, Africa. And you don't allow any kind of stronghold in North America. Because yeah. actually, North America, it's got to be almost as hard to get as Europe. Maybe not. It's I know. The board close. makes you think it's not. You know, yeah. the way it like looks. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, there's four borders you have to control in Europe. Mm-hmm. And three in North America. Right. So. Number of countries similar. Yeah. I think that's true. If you, you, know if what's you control cool, South though? America and then you can get into either Central America or North Africa, then you put a big ring. Like, South America is not one that you just sit in. Otherwise, you're kind of screwed. Like, right, because you you're only your, getting two guys. Two guys. It's, it's like sitting in Australia. Very similar. Only worse because you have to do two, ter- two yeah. borders instead of one. Right. So if you're going for South America, you have to get into North America or Africa. Eventually, yeah. I mean, otherwise you're going to lose quick. Yeah, totally. Like that can't be your only thing. You can't be conservative there. You can be conservative in America, like North America. Um, You can be conservative there and just sit the whole game, building armies, reinforcing your border until somebody wants to take you on. But. Yeah, totally. So I have a kind of a question that's similar. Um, So when you're starting out and you're doing your initial troop deployment, you said that like North America is your favorite, maybe South or maybe Africa is your second favorite. Um, so I'm just going to assume you're going to go for one of those two, whatever you're feeling. But how would you say you usually troop deploy? Like, are you literally going to put a troop in every open territory in North America until they're gone and then just like go from there? Or do you like to kind of spread yourself out a little bit? Um, like, you know, like if you, um, sorry, I'm trying to collect my thoughts. If you go for North America, so most of your country is going to be there. Uh, you, sorry, your army is going to be there. Like, do you put any stock at all in having like one or two territories, like say in Asia or Africa or Europe, um, where you actually put additional armies to try to keep yourself like on two separate parts of the board on purpose? It's kind of tough. Like we've played with some different rules, which hopefully we'll get into in a second, but if I were playing with like the base game rules and I just have a choice of the entire the entire world on where I start, you know, I think it's such an interesting thing that first setup because you you have the run of the world, you know, the world is the world is your oyster to the max and you get to like set out whatever you want, but mm-hmm. you have to play off of everybody else so much, you know. So if there if everybody puts something in North America and you're playing with six people, you know, there's one nine territories in North America and six people place one there, you know, you have a lot that you're going to have to overcome. Right. We've and seen that happen with Australia, four territories in Australia at the end of the 
first turn, it could be all four different colors there. Right, exactly. And that could go for any country. So that's why North America is like so scary because you have to, first of all, try to take over. Like you you show your cards almost immediately when you take over mm-hmm. two two territories there on the on the second round you know you get through one round and everybody places one okay well now you put two into north america and you've shown everybody that you're going to go to north america right so there's a little bit of like bluffing going on in times you know like maybe i'm going to pretend that i'm doing that or i'm going down to australia sure um oh yeah totally i've seen people like you put your strong art you know you put like a ton of guys in like say eastern united states or something but right. then with your first turn, you just plow through down to South America because that was your yeah. plan all along. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I think my my initial strategy is yeah, try to see if try to see what everybody else is doing, but uh, go for North America if I can. Right. Try to pick that one up. Um, if not, I'd like to at least put one in Australia if I'm the one of the first four players and and I and I can do that just to see what happens. Yeah, then I'll put something down in in Australia just to be like, all right, that's my safety net. Yeah, and then as so once all the countries or the territories are taken, you know, then you start really reinforcing, and then you really get to see what everybody's going to do. And you don't want to waste guys if you have three guys sitting in Egypt, and and you don't go for for Africa, then that was a waste of three guys, you know, or at least a waste of two guys. Right. You could have done something else with them to help yourself out later. And they just get taken and then you're screwed there. So in in a way, that's kind of why like not being first is kind of cool. Right. Like being first, you you sort of get first choice, which is cool. But if you're fifth or sixth, then you get to see what everyone's doing and you can just maneuver away from the action. Right. Exactly. If everybody's going for North America, you just don't do that. Yeah. And And you you can like, if if you went through your first whole turn of people like fortifying, um, not fortifying, but like all the, all the territories have been taken and now everyone's had one turn starting to put armies in and like your number, you're the fourth person in Australia, but no one even went there yet. Like you can be the first person there. Right. Have like that first shot at that. And you kind of get the foresight there of whatever one's right. At least looking at. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a crazy thing. I mean, my favorite time of risk is the start. I love it. I love the beginning. Like you sit down to play a fresh game and you're like, Oh my God, I'm totally going to win this. This time. <laughs> yeah, this totally. is my game. Yep. And you sit down and you get all your armies out and you like place them all on the board and you start to be like, all right, right. you know, here we go. And that, that moment is the best part of the game. Yeah. I would say the first hour is <laughs> so, super fun. You know, it's not very encouraging for like, why don't you go try this game? The very beginning is the only fun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Good luck on the last 20 minutes. Yeah. Where you're just like, the your last, hands like, are blistered. Yeah, you're rolling the dice so much. Right. Yep. Yeah, so that that's what I would say. My strategy is try to take over North America as soon as I can. Right. But Got it. Cool. have like another one as a backup to Got it. If everybody starts going for North America, then maybe I don't do that. Got you it. Know. I definitely um, love to I definitely love to like I said like have one other country no matter where I'm going. If I go South America or Africa or Australia and I can like get that continent taken care of or I'm like okay, great. And now I'm getting two extra guys, three extra guys. I love having like one extra random like pain in the ass country where i just keep stockpiling as much as i can comes <laughs> yeah. in so handy yeah it's it's annoying for everybody else in the game mm-hmm. you know because they're even if it's small it's like i'm not gonna have to take my whole army there mm-hmm. but there's the chance that if i if i match you mm-hmm. at the country next to you you know there's oh, yeah, a chance i lose not, those yeah countries. You're still i needed like double you to feel comfortable yeah and taking I've, it over and i've been wiped and even out that's not good i've been wiped out in this game 
where like they took me out of Australia fully and all it was left with was literally a single country with like 30 guys on it. But from there, you can build yourself back into contention so quickly. You're Especially like, okay, if the well, other people are fighting elsewhere. Exactly. Like who's going to, who with a continent is going to go, if they, if they have a total of like 60 guys, who's going to travel all the way to Northern Asia for like literally one continent to go take out my 40 guys. Like it just doesn't make sense a lot of times. Right. So it allows me to sit there and build. I can like attack a country, get a card, gain my three guys and move on. And if I do that three or four turns in a row, then I'm back, you know, and I can go after something. Right. So, so we've hinted at it a couple of times throughout the podcast, but you and I and all of our friends have played this game very differently than the rules tell you to. And it probably is the nature of just when we started playing this game. You know, being high school kids, I think we probably skim the rules and then we're like, yeah, we'll just do it this way. Right, exactly. So we probably we probably have um, at least I can think two. of three. I can think of two big ones and then a third, like small one that's like pretty big difference. Okay, well, let's very objectively just list off the differences, and then we'll then I'll ask my question. All right, okay. do you want to take turns? So I'll do one, you do two. I'll do the third small one. Sure. All right. So the first big one is how we used to fortify. So of course you take that one. I said I'd take the first one. Well, who knows what the first it's one was? The pick, you you had the pick of one. the litter. It's the biggest oh, one. Oh, okay. You just go in descending order. Oh, <laughs> Obviously. I got, got it. Basic math. Um <laughs> so yeah, so we used to play with a very different fortification rule or reinforcement rule, if you will. Where very similar if you've tuned into our small world episode, where like at the end of your turn, you could pick up all of your armies into your hand, leaving only one in each territory you occupy. And then you could literally place them down anywhere you want to reinforce as long as those countries were connected to each other. So in other words, you could reinforce any army into any territory that was at least connected through a chain. Um, so if in one turn I went all the way through North America and, and into South America, I could pick all those pieces up and put them all back into North America in various territories. So sort of an unlimited refortification period. Yeah. And the rules say you can choose one territory and one territory only, and you can redistribute armies from that territory into one territory and one territory only <laughs> that is in an adjacent territory like yeah, not that, even, that is adjacent not even across the chain but just literally adjacent well not even as many times as you want no just once yeah, yeah. literally once so i i like i said like robbie said like who the hell knows how we like came up with what we came up with but to be honest actually our way was i think is more fun you can hey, do that's wait oh objective yeah not yet sorry you're just listing guy got excited because i like I like our way. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> the second uh, major rule difference, I would say, is the way we set up the board. So the way we set up the board is we don't just get to pick totally randomly. You know, like um, what we do is we shuffle the country cards and we pass them out to everybody. And everybody gets, I don't remember how many. I guess all of them. They all have to go. They all have to go. It's like yeah. six to seven, depending on the number of players. Maybe yeah. seven to eight, something like that. So you just pass out all the country cards until they're gone. And then you place one of your armies in those countries. And those are your starting territories. And mm-hmm. then you can reinforce the rest, just like the rules say. So we speed things up a little bit. And we instead of placing one just all the way around the circle until they're all out, 
we speed it up and do like five. Yeah, and we make sure and like have everyone agree. Like, yeah. is everyone good doing five at a time? Yeah, because once you have, like we've been talking about with our strategies, once you have your spot that you want to reinforce, it becomes like there's no need to go one at a time. Yeah, there's it just like, takes you forever. Might as well go five, ten, whatever. Yeah, exactly. So those are the two. That's a that's a major difference. And I would say it it might be a little bit better for skilled players to do it that way because you're kind of like dealt the, it's like getting the hand you're dealt. 100%. You know, you don't have any control over that. And then you have to make, you might have to make lemonade out of lemons, you know? Yeah. Without getting too objective, our way is way better. I think in this specific case, I think we could argue the other one or the fortification one, like that could be whatever. But this way, like I, I like it so much better that you don't get to choose just totally random. And actually I've played, a couple of virtual um, versions of this game, either on Xbox or like my phone. Yeah, and you can choose in the rules. Oh, really? You in those get, games, you either get it mm-hmm. randomly. You or can randomly, or you can choose it. Huh. So I think it's a thing. I think it's kind of a. I mean, Makes in sense. the in the base game that I have from the year seventeen hundred and three, it just says to just take turns choosing. So it doesn't it. say anything about a variation on right. it. Right. So. I think it's kind of a new age deal. Yeah. So it seems like if you want like a little added challenge, if mm-hmm. you're playing with a group of people who are kind of experienced, then you just randomly do it. Yeah. You see what you can make out of it. Yep. All right. The final one that I can think of is that I don't know why, but when we went from four up to 55, when we used to play, we used to keep going by fives. I literally remember oh, yeah. that like late game when it was down to two guys and you would turn in cards that we would hand out like 85 cards or 85 armies. 90 armies 100 armies whatever yeah that's true um and i it just seems so obvious it's like literally goes from four to fifty fives and then just doesn't keep going <laughs> yeah why do um, we think we were better than the rest i don't of the know world? it's well we were like 19 that's that's, that's part of yeah. it's like half you of your whole life your you, whole... you're better than everybody else. <laughs> right right yeah well so yeah um yeah that's a weird one <clears throat> don't but do it, that it also, don't do that that just like ev- don't ever do that that just makes the game take yeah, forever and honestly don't do the fortifying one either well that's what okay so that kind of leads me to my question of which rule do you think had the biggest impact on like the way the game played out oh for sure the fortifying one yeah, because that's... we so like i said before started to i actually like our way because it allows you just to do whatever you want. You can you can like go through, gain a continent, and then fortify however you want to do it. It's like it makes you stronger in the moment. But what it really does long term is it makes the game take forever. Yeah. We've played hours and hours and hours and hours. Like literally we talked about like ten hour game, eight hour game. Right. And I think most of that is due to the fact that like every single person was allowed to just get as strong as they ever wanted to be by like fortifying the right way. And then I think just as a sub, I don't think we need to talk about my final one that often, but I think just the mistake we made of like letting people turning cards up to like 80 armies also did that. You know, it also just like all it does is make people way too strong and then it just makes the game go forever where like the last, like you said, two hours is just rolling. Like I have have 150 armies versus your 100. (laughs) So obviously I'm bigger than you, but like we're just going to sit here and roll for an hour. While right. everyone else is falling asleep on the couches, you know, and that's just like nobody just likes no that. Fun at that. Nobody point. likes the Except last hour the of two risk. people playing because you Even just want to be the winner. I know you want you want to win so bad, but do you know how many times we played where like the guy who's just like rolling defense just doesn't care? Like yeah, he's exactly. just he's like, so just, tired. I'll, I'll stop. You win, and right? You're like, no. And then we've actually done that before, where we're like, can we roll the dice, and that counts for five deaths yeah. instead of one? You know, um. 
so don't i would say just in general yeah just follow the rules well yeah follow the rules but don't <laughs> don't change the rules in a way that's just going to make the game take forever i mean the, the where i go with that is i i try to figure out what 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 resembles what the game is trying to be more in in real life you know and right. so because i think that's where a lot of like games like this and and Catan and and things like that like they try to mimic some real life situation with the rules yeah totally i agree with that so you try to figure out like what what would be more true to life and and i have i guess i have a couple of thoughts like Mm. the being able to reinforce one country at a time to one adjacent country i guess it sort of mimics the the concept of time in war because you wouldn't no, you can't just like pause you can't pause war and say everybody pause like i'm gonna take all of my armies to this one border where i know shit's going down for this time you know yeah, like true but like you if could... i want to do that it's gonna take me turns like mm-hmm. it's gonna take months to get all of my armies over there right. if i have two borders to to do that's true but you if know? you're controlling an entire army there's no reason why you couldn't have multiple things happening at once that's true territories so, from one to another on the left side of the board and territories from one to another. You sent orders to both to work at the same time. Yes, it takes longer, but like real life. So you think a happy medium might be <clears throat> being able to just do as many countries as you want, but only move like one, only one army can only move to one other country. They can't move freely throughout your entire territories. Y- yes, but y- you know, you could do multiple though. Like right, that'd be exactly. cool from one country to another. But now those two countries can't do anything else like that turn right so like you'd have to choose other ones i think that would be a happy medium actually my my big thing about the reinforcement thing is just what it does to your strategy like i don't even know if i could think about this game the same way as i have before because of those rule differences i think it's an entirely different game because of the way that we reinforced yeah you have to think about like if you're going to journey like if you're going to take troops from your continent and you're going to like blast through the world and like a path you have to think about what path you're going on now Right. And like how many you're leaving behind in every territory exactly. and all that stuff. Yep, exactly. I almost want to go back and play every game we've ever played with the new with the original rules. I know, just see. And just see if how it plays out. The right. one I love is the one that's like the random random like pieces to choose cuz it seems like I I feel like everyone would just get to start with such a powerful army if you got to just like randomly choose where you go. I love that we like. I love that we did it with like a random card placement, as opposed to everyone gets to actually choose. Yeah, I. I, <clears throat> I if we were that, gonna sit down to play a game of Risk tonight, I would. I would definitely like vie for the random. I yeah, would, that would be your. your I vote. would vote for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I agree. I mean, it it should sort of equal itself out if with everybody. If everybody's going for the same positions. Like you, nobody, you can't all go for the same spots. So right, I think you're gonna di- like naturally diversify. True, and and it's just gonna end up being like <clears throat> the last ones you pick are in Europe and and Asia. And actually, that's actually a fair point. I mean, you might actually diversify better doing that as opposed to like sometimes you get cards and like somebody happens to get randomly four cards dealt in North America. You know, true, true. and that would never probably happen if you were just like taking turns. That's really true. So I don't know. Maybe I take it back. I didn't think about that exactly that way. Yeah, I mean, if if everybody's like really playing defensively, the most you get in North America to start is like two. You know, right. with, with six people playing. I mean, the most maybe. You get is two. I mean, everyone is gonna their first two or three times. Everyone's gonna take their own continent. Like if I have the second turn, 
and you have the first turn and you go in North America, I'm not putting my first token in North America. No, that's true. No way. I'm going to be like, okay, well, I'm going to be the first one in Africa for sure. And up then the, up to four, though. I know. And then the third guy is going to be like, okay, well, these idiots aren't even going for Australia. I'll go for Australia. Yeah. So it takes it takes all the way. But but okay, so let's just play this out a little bit. So <laughs> the first four guys go. Okay. <clears throat> one in each of the best. One in continents. each of North America, then Africa, then Australia, then would you say South America? Yeah. Is that how you do it? Probably. Okay. Just I definitely South America before those two. Right. So okay. So Asia and Europe. your opinion, average average player fifth spot where does he go i'd probably not go australia i'd probably go north america why not okay yeah i'll go north america okay so then what would you go so now let's switch uh i'd go africa i think at that point okay with the uh, with the idea that i would really want a spot in australia at some point if i could okay but okay so twit now you're switching roles again so now you're first player <clears throat> okay so now you're staring at it you have a guy in north america that you chose and everyone's gone once and there's another guy in north america so are you doubling up there? Yeah, I'm doubling up there. Right. So sure. so to my point, the guy who was second place, he's not going to go in North America on his second turn either. He's yeah, going to double, up, gonna in double up, in up in Africa. Africa. Until he owns, I don't know, what, half of Africa by the end? And probably none of North America. Maybe. Well, so let's keep that going. So then you get... So I got I got two here and there's another guy. Yep. And I and then You've second player has two there. two there plus another guy, right? Because that was where yep. you went. Yep. And then we got the next guy goes and reinforces his own in Australia. And so That's he has two player. there He's with got two there with nobody else. Right. Same thing with South America. Okay. And then it comes back to the 5th and 6th player. Right. And they're going to probably double up theirs in Africa. Yeah, you would want to. Right, cuz why wouldn't you? Unless you decided that, you know what, so I'm going to go Australia. Because if you don't South go Australia America. now. Or maybe you mix it up all together and you go, you switch gears and go to. But you're saying still at this point, nobody would place a single one in Europe and Asia? I don't think so. I I, because I, I like borderline might. At, I think you've then. got a battle going where you have the choice to either yeah. re, like totally secede to the person who was with you in North America, let's just say, for example. All right, what this has taught me is I really want to play... <laughs> <laughs> with that method so bad actually because yeah. it, it is more interesting it is you could just get a little more choice in your placement it's like it's like playing Catan and getting the forward. choice where to go compared to just like saying everybody has to go in these here's you know some way if you could randomize where everybody settles their first two settlements you know and then see what you do with it like no that takes strategy away it does instead of adding strategy do you think if you played out what we just did let's not do it like all the way but okay if you played it out over like six or eight turns do you think north america turns into just a battle between two guys no i think it well why would you so you're so you're the africa guys you finally filled up africa and now you need to start placing other territories like why on earth would you go north america well, because your other choices are Europe or Asia, but you're not going to do anything with that spot. No way. You're not. But gonna, I want to. I want to like. That, you're gonna. Are you gonna I put wanna, like a horse there just to put a thorn in the side of somebody? That's like a lot of guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just gonna lose it anyway. Well, so you. Got, but if you go Asia, you you're not seven, gonna lose it. Let's say if you're playing with six people, you get seven territories, right? Seven times six, forty-two. Good. Good job. So, you got seven seven countries, seven territories. Um, and everybody does. So, yeah, and best case scenario, you're splitting continents. Right. Unless you're the Australia guy who, in our scenario, 
So let's say I'm an Africa guy. So if I let's say we've already gone through the scenario where you split it, right? And there's six, there's six. So I have three countries there. I have three territories yeah. that I've built up. So and you need four more. On my that's if nobody else tries to throw a wrench in, in Africa. It's like me and the other guy went for Africa. Right. So I've got three. So I've got four more elsewhere. And let's say it plays out like that everywhere. So the Africa, or I'm sorry, the South America people, they've already had two turns to throw a wrench in other people's plans. You know, so are they going to do that? Or are they going to go to Asia and, and Europe? Who knows? Same thing with Australia. They've had two extra turns from Africa <clears throat> alone. That's not to mention North America. Which has nine, yeah. Right, so on the sixth turn, they there's three open countries right there. Three open territories. Yeah, true. If, if these two did not, if exactly. these two just took their other two turns up here. Right. So, I was just thinking, like, if I know two guys are vying for North America, and that's going to be a battleground, I'm not I'm not placing my guy there. Like, I... the the. The two players are going to kill themselves. I don't need to worry about putting a monkey wrench. I'm going to Asia every single time because no one's going to come after me, like at least specifically. Now, I could lose that piece for sure for a card yeah. or whatever. Right. Or Europe or wherever I want to go. But I'm I'm not going to put my... I mean, putting a piece in the middle of two superpowers that are vying for North America is a really good way to just lose that piece on the first turn. Right. For no reason at all. Yeah. So I'm to me, I'm going like... I'll, I'll just like put four pieces in Asia because... I potentially won't lose them, you know? I see what you mean, yeah. I mean, I, obviously, you're going to go strong in the your initial continent, you know? Would you... Yeah, maybe the maybe the best way to go is if you're that South America person and in the first four, on your second one, you don't go South America. Sure, you go, you Central go America. <laughs> or that, yeah. I was thinking, actually, what you were Central saying. Central America, like, yeah. That could if work. you were going, like, jump up into his stuff, and oh, then... Shit, that's like a whole other question of, like... Yeah, because then you're... Not bluffing necessarily, but you're like, instead of having to like capture South America and then like fight for Central America, just go there. You're just saying Central America is part of South America. Yeah, it's mine. And I'm going to, not only that, but I'm going to fortify that the strongest because now I'm keeping you from it. Right. I mean, this is a hypothetical question that I want to go play out literally right now. I know. I kind of want to at least go inside and just like (laughs) set it up and just like play the first hour and just don't have any aspirations (laughs) of actually winning, like getting through it. We need six people. We no, El not old no, enough. No, we don't. Yet. We need three, two people. This game is designed from two to six. No, this game is not. This this game is not designed for two people. I know it says you could put. Sure, you could play with two people. That's not. That's not risk. You're not playing risk. That's true. You're playing a different game. I actually read that if you play with two people, you put it like a ghost army. One or two, even. Do you take it, turns, or do you agree on where to place them? They don't do anything. They don't have an attack turn i think you take turns placing where you want and then they go in and spread out the rest type of thing and then they don't have an attack phase but the other person rolls a defense dice for them weird i think it's just because they don't want to give you the amount of armies like who wants to play a game where it's like your half of the board versus the other half you just roll yeah it's they, stupid there's no strategy at all it's dumb it's not yeah. the same it's not a game no it's that's not what game. I'm but if you had ghost this armies, game is like four plus you need six people who are into it or at least one of the six who's never played, like it, you know, that could be fun. Yeah, but kind of for maybe for them, they'd have to be really into it. Yeah, yeah, they'd have to be liking it. Yeah. Right. This is a pretty. This is a sp- pretty specific crowd that wants to play Risk. It is. I just think not a lot of people in general like to sit and play a game for like six hours. Mm-hmm. If 
five hours, which I mean, at this point in my life, who has five hours? You know, this is a 19 year old. (laughs) It is. Yeah. You have all night. Yeah. And then you can go to work the next day. You know, like that's not what you do. Yeah. You have two children. Yeah. Definitely. You're not going to be doing that. Yeah. It's definitely not the board games we played these days. That's for sure. No. All right, man. What do you think? Do you have anything else? No, I don't. All right. We should wrap this on up. If you would like to... It's uh, already been a longer episode, for sure. Yeah, which is fitting. Yeah, it is fitting. It was going to be. Um, all right, well, if you want to uh, if you want to play Risk, make sure you find five of your best friends Yeah. that you don't mind. I mean, you're also going to potentially hate some of them <clears throat> by the end, right? You're going to have some mortal enemies. Yep. So. Yeah, this isn't the most like socially like fun game, exactly. It's like It can get cutthroat, for sure. This is like a game that you hunker down. You like get a case of beer with you and your six friends, and you lock the front door. Because it's also lame when people start leaving. Like you want them to suffer through that with you. Sure. Yeah, so, you lost, so you stay here till the end. Yeah. You get snacks. Yep. You get pizza. You beer. Get, you order dinner. Yep. You start at like four in the afternoon, and you plan on going till midnight. Yep. You know. For sure. So yeah, if you wanna, if you wanna do that, go get it. If you, uh, there you go. And if you guys want some, like, like we said, visual representation of the board and everything, we're gonna put some pictures up on Instagram. The Board Game Social Club. All right. All right. See you guys later. See you.